Welcome to the AJP podcast, a podcast for pharmacists by pharmacists, where we discuss current events, relevant topics and emerging issues. I'm your host, Carly McMoore, and together with the AJP, I'm bringing you the opinions and expertise of different pharmacists to discuss their views and insights on topics relevant to pharmacists. Please like and rate each episode and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. I'm Chris Brooker, the editor of AJP. Um, been editor since uh, 2016 and have uh, before that had a fairly, what I could say now is a long career working in um, health media uh, and pharmacy publications mostly since about 2001. Um, time spent on uh, GP and other medical publications as well in between, but most of the last 20 odd years spent in pharmacy. So yeah, know the score, hopefully to some extent. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I thought I'd ask you to tell me about some of the top articles for the AJP for 2023 um, and what has piqued pharmacists' interests. Well, it's, I mean, look, it's all, this year has been a bit out of the box, really. Obviously, we've had, uh, you know, one overriding topic which has dominated discourse, um, and that topic should be of no surprise to anyone, um, particularly in community pharmacy space, being 60-day dispensing. Uh, but other than that, I mean, there's usually a few key areas that always do well every year when we get our list of our most clicked stories. Um, we always have a certain, you know, chemist warehouse stories always do very well. Um, if there's an agreement, community pharmacy agreement coming up, those stories always do very well. Uh, you know, regulatory issues, shortages. Um, so, for instance, our top story for the year um, was about, well, the headline is, Zempic about to hit shelves, but there's a catch. So um, shortages stories often do, obviously they don't have sometimes long-term lastability, but, you know, they do kind of go off, and that one really did. So, and and the second story was Falcodine cancelled and recalled. So the top two stories for the year were both on uh, relating to specific medicines, I suppose. So, yeah. Um, but beyond that, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's the usual stories. The next one was 60-day dispensing policy registered, first tranche of medicines announced, and then a salary story, and then a chemist warehouse story. So that's kind of, they're probably some of your key topics each year with the, you know, um, with 60-day dispensing being the, the, the sort of the unicorn of 2023, if you want to say, and a lot of our key stories and best read stories for the year were about 60-day dispensing, and really, obviously, there's going to be no surprise, I would imagine, to anyone in that. There's about 10 of the top 20 that are specifically about that and have that in Yeah, I mean, that, that kind of shows you where people's interests have laid, basically. So I know that um, the AJP also runs polls regularly. Yes. So I thought I'd ask um, what the polls have revealed during the year as well. Well, I mean, <laughs> they're always a bit of a mixed bag, to be honest. Um, I mean, look, you, you normally get, you, you can normally guess the result and they're normally sort of quite heavily based one way or another. Um, it, it certainly revealed that most people were incredibly concerned about the impact of 60-day dispensing and were very fearful of its impact on their business. Um, we did run a poll as well from memory on 
you know, consultant pharmacists what they thought about the changes that would result from that, you know, when the government uh, announced that it would change the what was the previously suggested policy on aged care and having you know, consultant pharmacists employed by um, the aged care centre specifically rather than under the auspices of community pharmacy. And again, when, when Butler sort of announced, Minister Butler rather, announced that should be, um, that would be reviewed and potentially put back under community pharmacy as a bit of a, a uh, I suppose, a, a sop to, you know, the, 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 the feelings of lost income from 60-day dispensing. Um, again, that created a lot of fear among consultant pharmacists. So I, I think really, if you want me to talk about the polls this year as a to sum them all up together, I think a lot of concern, a lot more concern than we get most years, um, probably even getting to the stage of fear, fear over the future, fear over job security, um, fear over financial security. And I think, you know, fear over the future of pharmacy in general. Like, I mean, I think it's interesting. I was just putting together a few weeks before I went on holiday, actually, um, uh, my sort of final editorial for the year in the magazine. And I, I looked back on my editorial at the beginning of the year and said, this is the year I think pharmacy is going to reap the benefits of all the work that's been done during the pandemic and various natural disasters. Um, and people had recognised in government and bureaucracy and the wider community um, what pharmacy could bring to the table and what it could offer. And really, as we've seen the year, it didn't quite pan out that way. Um, so I think, you know, looking back on that, I mean, yeah, I can see why people feel the way they do, because it does feel like all that work has sort of been thrown back in everyone's face a little bit to some degree. I mean, it's, that's a simplification, but I'm sure that's how a lot of people feel. And, uh, you know, that was definitely reflected in in the stories we were that were doing well on our site and the comments we got back from readers. And, and yeah, in polls, I think there was that sense of people being like, you know, what the hell's going on? We've done all this work and we've shown what pharmacy can do with vaccinations and with, you know, various other advanced practice areas. And, you know, now it's being sort of thrown back at us. And, and I also hasten to add, not just in the community pharmacy sector, but also in, you know, specifically in consultant pharmacy as well, where, you know, shown how the whims of, of government can sort of, um, you know, play havoc with people's aspirations and plans, I suppose. So what I would say is this year, it seems like fear has dominated a lot more so than other years. Is that correct? Oh, yeah, I think so. I mean, look, perhaps, I mean, fear, no, actually, I'll probably say, I was going to say fear is perhaps overstating it, but I think, no, there's a definite level of that there. Um, certainly a lot of concern, yeah, and uncertainty over over the future. I think, you know, as I said, I think we were mostly feeling that there was this sort of sense of, of progression here like you know we, we've shown we can do these things and off the back of that there is going to be you know that continued bedrock of security for community pharmacy with you know you know the dispensing of medicines but then on top of that other things would be added in and you know presumably on the back of that people's time and effort to train up and learn and do these advanced practice things would be rewarded with you know, pay off the back of owners' financial security. And I think that, you know, I think we all probably know that that bedrock has been kind of torn asunder somewhat. I mean, you know, that 
So you're now in a situation, and this was, I think, strongly reflected in reader comments, particularly that came back to us, you know, th this sense of, you know, well, everyone's saying, well, you know, the, the, the solution to double dispensing is going to be doing all these advanced practice areas, and that's great, but who, who's going to pay for them? I mean, are the, are the employed pharmacists going to be told to do these things, but with no extra money? Do the owners have extra money? Do they have the money to pay for it? You know, all, all these questions have been raised, and I think that sense of progression and uh, that sense of where things were going has kind of really been thrown yeah, throwing us under, as I said before, this year. And that that's led to the uncertainty. And, and yeah, I think among a lot of people to a sense of fear. And then, of course, you know, the media cycle, it, it does sort of build on that because it, it does get reinforced with what people read and the comments people make. And, you know, you know what it's like these days. And I think it does create that sense of fear. And, you know, it's, it's definitely been the overriding theme of, of 2023 for us. Yeah, for sure. I was going to ask you as well, what are some of the questions or comments from pharmacists in response to the top stories? Um, you've alluded to a little bit of it, Ben. <laughs> well, some we probably can't put, say, but um, no, I, I think it's mostly been like, you know, again, owners, initially people expressing incredulity about double dispensing, like where the hell's, we thought we'd fought this one off. And, you know, I think a lot of people, you know, very, obviously very upset with the government, um, initially probably very supportive of the guild um and still very supportive of the guild i would say um i, I think sometime sometime down the track you know as obviously the caps group became quite active and vocal and prominent um i think later on in the year there were some people going well you know especially after the incidents in parliament house um people sort of questioning like have we gone a bit I was going to say overboard. That's not correct. I don't think. I think people are concerned about their financial future. The, the you know got every right to be overboard about that. But um, I, you know, I think there's definitely a concern that some of the tactics being used perhaps weren't the best for portraying pharmacy. Um, you know, that's, whether that's true or not, I don't know. But then a lot of people were also supportive. So I mean, I think there's been yeah. I mean, well, I think even. Most people have been very much like 60-day dispensing. You know, it's been flung on us without any pre-warning. I think that was the probably the main thing. You know, even people who were like, well, it's, you know, we have been talking about reducing the costs of medicines. Um, I, I think there's definitely been a sense that this policy was thrown at people this year without any sense of planning, of pre-warning of what can we do about it and that was probably the overriding theme of comments was like what what the hell do we do now you know what does this mean for our future um and our job security and our financial security and i think that was probably the main the main thing and then of course as i said before the the, the top couple of sto stories were about medicine shortages um and i think again that also probably adds to that level of uncertainty doesn't it i mean you know the sense of like there, you know, there are, as we know, there's increasing numbers of shortages. They're going, they're lasting for longer in some cases, seemingly, and also involving some you know, very important medicines that have been, you know, as we know, are being used for other <laughs> sources that they're not intended for originally. So, um, yeah, I think just it all, you know, the readers readers were were flummoxed, I think, by what was going on and 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 concerned about the future. I think that's probably the overriding theme. Yeah. 
So I've heard a great way to describe the main issues for pharmacists in 2023 at issues of funding, I guess, mm -hmm. as an overarching thing. Yep. Would you agree? Yeah, I think so. Definitely. I mean, yeah, yeah. Funding and future planning, which I suppose do go hand in hand. And, and as I said before, I think that that sense of this is where this profession is going has been thrown into a, a state of flux, certainly in the community sector. Um, you know, I'm sure obviously we have a lot of hospital pharmacy readers as well and have launched our publication for them this year, our specific newsletter. Um, and obviously they're in a different boat to some degree, but certainly looking at the community pharmacy sector, I think, yeah, I mean, obviously funding is the, it, it, this question's been put over the future. I mean, you know, as we all know, so much of the, of the, the funding of pharmacy does come from the government. If, if you know, this has been a long standing and probably insoluble problem. And this was what happened this year was probably always going to happen at some point, really. But, you know, off people, sometimes things are too hard to confront until they smack you in the face, aren't they? And I think that's you know, perhaps what we've, the situation we face this year. So based on uh, your predictions for 2023, um, yeah. from the beginning of the year to the end of the year, um, thinking that after COVID, we'd be more appreciated, more opportunities, and then the end of the year, finishing up where it is. What are your predictions, I guess, standing now, thinking about 2024 for... Oh. Goodness. <laughs> Lots of different things. So top stories, top issues, funding. Well, I've been shown to be a totally rubbish predictor of anything. So probably everyone should take what I say with an absolute grain of salt. Um, I mean, obviously the, the community the community pharmacy agreement will be a big story throughout the year. There's no doubt about that. And I mean, so much of what we've been talking about here will be sort of, you know, resolved. I don't know if that's the term we can use for it, but will be perhaps answered by that. I mean, whether there will be adequate um, compensation, I suppose, as, as the Guild are kind of seeking for the impact of 60-day dispensing, um, what it will mean in terms of funding for, you know, advanced practice pharmacy operations, what it will mean for, as we said before, for pharmacists in aged care, will it be under the, the auspices of community pharmacy or will consultants be able to be, you know, hired directly? And you know, obviously that will have a lot of impact on a lot of people in the, the hospital and consultant pharmacy sector. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think the agreement will be an overriding theme. Obviously, in, in the office here recently, we've been sort of very heavily involved in reporting the Chemist Warehouse Sigma um, merger. And I think, you know, the, the ripples from that will be felt very much next year as well and will be an ongoing story. I mean, you know, that's something we haven't really talked about, and it's really I mean, obviously it's been bubbling. But fact uh, of that, I mean, as we've seen already, we we did a feature earlier in the year where we were talking about the rise of the super pharmacy banner groups, if you want to call it that. I mean, obviously you've got Terry White Chem Mart, and you know the Chemist Warehouse will be and Sigma, you know, with Amcal and discount drugstores and whatever under the Amcal banner. So you are seeing this this formation here of you know, these, these super chains, I suppose, and, um, you know, what, what will be the impact of that? I mean, you know, I've just, we've just been talking about, there's been a, um, a Q&A done by the Chemist Warehouse people this morning or yesterday, and they were saying, you know, talking about how 60-day dispensing has relatively little impact on them because of their heavy front of shop. I mean, so they're not as affected by anyone else. So that's going to, you know, 
that will be a big story next year, I think, will be what this means for smaller pharmacy, you know, banner groups or individual pharmacies. So I think, yeah, I think those probably those two things will be the main. And, and then obviously I'll, kicking on in the background as well will be, you know, advanced practice issues. I mean, um, so I think all of those things will be will be important next year. But I think, yeah, for us, the main thing will be the community pharmacy agreement. I think so much else will come from that. Okay. Uh, what were your hopes for the 8CPA? <laughs> well, I would hope that there is some recognition by the government that, you know, 60-day dispensing has had a massive impact on, or will have a massive impact on people's income and future security. And there does need to be some sort of recognition of that and, and you know, remuneration guarantees, I suppose, to at least ameliorate some of the impact of that. Um, I think that would be the main thing. And it would be, you know, it would be nice to see some sort of, what's the word I'm looking for, resolution, I suppose, for uh, funding arrangements for, you know, advanced areas of practice through all sectors of pharmacy, I think, as well. I mean, obviously, this is community pharmacy agreement, of course, but, you know, I think that would be good to see that. You know, obviously, this is the beginning of a of a move where dispensing will force to be a lesser part of pharmacy income to some degree. So how do we get around that? And this will hopefully begin the process of answering that. And at least, at the very least, give people some sort of security even if it's security that they think it's you know there's no future at least there'll be security of some form so if you know what i mean so i guess i'd say with all the 60-day dispensing mm. there was a lot of fear and a lot of concerns would you say that people um it's still very considered that it's still very prominent for people or would you say that people are um i guess hopeful for the next year well, I think people are adapting to it. It's like anything, isn't it? I mean, there's, you know, it came on with such a rush again, I suppose, to most people. And it was like, whoa, you're hitting you in the face, this massive change to your future or threat to your future, rather. And, uh, you know, I suppose as time goes on, people consider it. We've, we've run lots of columns from business experts and others giving advice on what you can do, what you... Um, so I would hope people have taken enough time to step back from the the outrage, I suppose, and, and have considered, okay, what does this mean for my for my career and for my business? Um, what do I think the future is for me? And uh, so I would hope people are reflecting on it more now and, and, you know, aren't just getting outraged by the fact it's happened because it has happened. It's not going to go away. It, seem, it still seems a popular move with the public. So, it's not going to be reversed, um, I would think, but I've been proven to be wrong before uh, many times. But um, but no, I would think it's it's not going to go away. So I hope people are reflecting on it. I mean, there's certainly, you know, the comments we're getting from people now are, I think, becoming a lot more measured. I mean, we still get people sort of ranting a bit, and that's fine. But uh, I think people are starting to reflect on it. And go, okay, well, this is what it, this is what it does mean. It's here. We've got to deal with it, basically. So, um, and I think people are. Also, people sort of going, well, let's just wait and see what the agreement does bring and what happens there, what that process is like, and is there a sense that the government is prepared to come to the table and 
offers some sort of remuneration, I suppose, or something. So, yeah, I think that's the stage right at the moment. People are just in that wait and see and reflecting and, and hopefully, yes, not just relying on the agreement as well, I hasten to add. Like, you would hope people are sort of going into their, you know, taking the advice of people like Bruce Annabelle and looking at their pharmacy and going, okay, well, this is what we can do differently to, you know, monetize perhaps other things we've been doing as well. I guess I might ask you what your sentiments are for pharmacists um, at the end of the year, about to go into 2024. What sentiments do you want to share with pharmacists about, about pharmacy? Well, I mean, I think I would hope people would still be positive. I mean, I think, you know, you guys have all trained, spent a lot of time training for your careers and, you know, you, you do a vital and value, incredibly valuable role for the community and for public health, whatever sector of pharmacy you work in. Um, I think people, I'd like to think people can look beyond things like 60-day dispensing and, and their anger at the government and, you know, just think, well, wh why did I become a, a pharmacist? Why did I become a health professional? It's um, on the value you provide. I mean, obviously everyone you know, wants to have financial security, I do as much as anyone else. And, you know, obviously, you know, AJP's, our success is tied to pharmacy being successful as well. And, um, you, you know, but I would like to think people, people could reflect on and think, well, I'm, I play a valuable, incredibly valuable role as a, as a well-trained, qualified health professional in a vital sector. I mean, you know, reflect on the importance of, of, providing advice and you know on medicine safety and medicines provision and all, all the other areas of healthcare that that pharmacists now work in I mean you know the success we wrote an article or actually I wrote an article after the after the uh, fit conference this year on uh, the growth of the success of vaccination by pharmacists and how quickly that's become you know pharmacists have, as Lisa Nissen said in that talk that that was based on have you know become the for a go-to provider of, of, of vaccinations to the public in Australia. And, you know, that, that should show what, what you can do. And I think you just got to, you know, try and avoid the negativity as much as possible and focus on the positives and focus on the importance of what you do. That, that would be my main sentiment, I think. Oh, and keep reading AJP because I think we're providing really good coverage. <laughs> you know, any of our readers out there, our editorial team, we, we're not pharmacists. I mean, we've all spend a lot of time working in the pharmacy space and we'd like to think we have a you know degree of knowledge but we're not pharmacists so if if our readers can tell us of the issues that are out there um you know tell us if we're saying something wrong if we do if we're not covering things um you know really do welcome feedback from from our readers um and listeners um i would advise them also you know to keep checking things like our podcasts that you do and you've done a great job doing some really really good you know cutting edge topic podcast this year and we really appreciate you know the work that you've put in to do that um and also you know look at i was just looking at a list there we did of our uh longer read features for the year and our top one there which is sort of fits into what you asked me before was actually our pharmacy heroes um article which we ran i think at the beginning of december um which was where we got readers to nominate you know, pharmacists who were going above and beyond or doing a great job. And that was a really good article 
to put together for for me because I thought you know after all the negativity we have been talking about and we have written about this year um it was I, I wanted to identify some people who are out there doing you know working to the top of their profession and the top of their scope of practice and you know I think look look for the positives out there um and you know just keep letting us know what's going on I think that's probably the overall message I'd like to pass and and also I'd like to thank everyone that does read AJP and listen to our podcasts and videos and um you know really thank you for your support and um your feedback and your patronage we really appreciate it and we hope that you're doing you know we hope that we're meeting your needs as much as possible and we'd love to continue doing so thank you thank you we hope you've enjoyed this episode of the AJP podcast. If you have any thoughts, comments, or suggestions about this episode, please visit the AJP website forum at ajp.com.au and join the conversation. If you have any suggestions for future topics or would like to participate in the podcast, please follow us on Twitter at AJP podcast and send us a message.